inhale and exhale. Welcome to Read My Labia. This is Charlie. And I'm Fritz. And this is episode five. episodes though yeah plus the the bonus, bonus one and the intro yeah yeah we're like on number seven <laughs> yeah 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 and i i mean i just want to thank everyone who continues to listen yes i mean even though we're still working on like volume levels <laughs> <laughs> also everything else yeah um and so you guys continue to stick it but through even though sometimes it blasts your eardrums yeah out. sorry about that we're still figuring it out we're also working with only one mic. <laughs> <laughs> so we have plans for the future. Yes, we yes, do. Yes, we do. But wow, it's incredible to me that, you know, we get a good 40 or so listens to each episode. That's not so bad, you know, for two bozos yeah. in the Midwest. So yeah, thank you guys. Think we get 40? Yeah, we, we have about 40 people who listen to each of our episodes. Although that's 40 plays. So I don't know. Maybe some of you guys are listening to it multiple times. And that's also <laughs> fine. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. They love us that much, huh? Yeah, yeah. Actually, we have enough, uh, a big enough audience that we are even eligible for ads. Hey. But we don't have any. <laughs> You're welcome, you guys. But probably sometime in the future, when my, when uh, money is required. Tight. Yes. <laughs> our backup plan is just to monetize our podcast. Uh, anyway, yeah, welcome. Episode five. We're here. Fritz is doing her nails. <laughs> I did my nails yesterday, but they're not long because I've been making lots of art and things. It's really hard to pick things up with long nails. So I'm just here, barely. I've just barely made it through the week. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're here. We're here. That's what matters. Yes, that's so true. Our first segment every week coming to you from the living room. Period talk. We need some kind. We need a. We need an editor. (laughs) (laughs) A free editor that doesn't want to get paid. Yeah. And we can't even offer them exposure because we're anonymous. Oh, I have I have a story about that later. Remind me. Oh my god. Okay. Remind you to tell on the podcast or off yeah, the podcast? on the podcast. Yeah. Got some tea, some good old fashioned tea. Okay. 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 I got mine. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm on the thirteenth day. All right. I'm on day nine. So, yeah. Just finished. I just finished. Well, well, actually, my periods are really, really short. They're usually about three or four days. My periods are really, really short. Yeah. Rude. I know they're still very painful. Just kidding. (laughs) But they are short. Um, (laughs) it didn't used to be like that. Um, but now it is. Anyway, um, yeah, my periods are like three or four days, and so I'm a good four-ish days out from my period. Yeah. 
And um, it was my first period that I used my flexi cup. Mm, how'd that go? It was fine. Um, I, I did slip up inside of me a little bit too far one time, and I had to go gold mining, which was fine. <laughs> Luckily, I did not have nails because I've been not. I haven't had nails all week. Um, so yeah, and um, I'm not really sure. I don't know. I kind of think maybe what I'll do is, like, I'll, I will use it for, like, the first day, and then I'll just switch to, like, a panty liner or something, because um, towards the, like, third day, you know, like, last day, it's, it's so light that I mm-hmm. feel like it's almost not necessary, but I don't feel comfortable, like, free bleeding, you yeah. know, um, necessarily. So, so yeah. How about you? Anything exciting? <laughs> Anything excited with my period? Yeah. <laughs> Or or your cycle currently or anything like that? No. I mean, I also have a story of me having to go gold mining for my own <laughs> flexi cup. But it got... Well, I was... So I... In the morning, mm-hmm. I was going to take it out, right? And I was mm-hmm. like, I can't get it. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. oh my word. Yeah. But I didn't give enough time for me to actually, like, do that before work. Because I... <laughs> usually, it's just like, I can slip it out, right? Yeah. And then, like... It's put fine. it back in and whatever, yeah. we're good. Well, not this time because I couldn't get it out. Uh-huh. And um, I was like, I got to go. I just got to go. Uh-huh. So I was like, okay, well, I you know got in the truck and I took off and I went to my nannying job. Uh-huh. He's like, I'll just figure it out when I get there. Uh-huh. And so now I'm trying to get it out with a toddler waiting on me and also just wanting to like come in and watch me. And so I was like, you know what? I I don't care. Yeah. But it was just like, <laughs> I'm trying to get my period cup out. <laughs> but I did get it out. <laughs> I was job. very happy. Good job. Because if I couldn't get it out, I would literally have had to ask my mother. <laughs> like, there was just no way. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah. But, well, and the Flexi Cup one, I mean, it's got that little loop. But I feel like because the design is that it's supposed to slide in and out of the actual cup itself, like it sometimes it just slides really far up in there. You know, it's not even like the cup itself is slid up. It's like just the the pool tabby thing. So you yeah. have a loop on yours. Yeah. Oh, do I have? don't. No, oh. it's just like a little, like, tiny little stick almost at the bottom. Oh, really? It comes to like a point almost. Oh, is it not the actual Flexi Cup brand? Probably not. Oh, okay. Yeah, mine is, a flexi- is the Flexi Cup brand. And so it's a cup... And then it's got, it's silicone, right? And Mm -hmm. so it's got a little, like, um, I'm using my hands to demonstrate. (laughs) It's got a little circle that you, like, loop your finger around to pull it. And then it's, like, attached up. And, like, you know, there's a hole in the bottom of the cup where the the, um, tab goes up. And then it attaches to the wall of the cup. Which is nice because when you pull it, then it like it you know pulls itself in to like release the section for you, oh. so you don't have to slip your finger around it. Oh. But because because the, that pull tab is designed to slide up to like increase the pressure and then you know down, I think it just slid up too far and then I couldn't quite get it. Oh yeah, see, I would have to like actually go with my finger to mm. like get the rim to mm. pull the suction off, mm. and that's why it slid up too far. So it was I just see. hard for me to do that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the design. I just think that it should have like a little stoppy or something. But I mean, but it, you have to take it all the way out to like clean it. So I don't know. <sighs> just need to practice. 
Uh, anyway. We just spent eight minutes talking about our period. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> Everyone should do this. <laughs> okay, anyway. What are we talking about today? We are talking about the society that pl- places pressure on especially teenagers um, in succeeding in life, but also just the transition from high school to college. Um, that's There's a lot of pressure that comes from that. Yeah. And we've both dealt with it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you are currently dealing with that with your dancers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have younger siblings mm-hmm. who are also dealing with it. So, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I asked to, to talk about this subject today just because um, it's very prominent um, in my mind right now because it's um, we're about a week away from the end of the first semester, and I've got a bunch of teenagers in high school and um, in eighth grade or whatever that are my students that are all super stressed out about their semester grades and... Um, also, Lil Mo is, you know, same thing, stressed out about semester grades, even though um, she, oh, news, she did get accepted to both of her top choice colleges. Woo! Yes, and um, as well as um, uh, a backup school she got accepted to, and she was waitlisted at another one. Awesome. Yeah, so, you know, she's got a lot of good options, <clears throat> but she's still, you know, nervous and scared because... Um, she's concerned about her semester grades affecting the outcome of her ultimate, you know, decision about where she wants to go and all of this stuff. So it's just as stressful, um, even afterwards. Um, so yeah, and it just had got me thinking a lot about how I got through it and how to help these kids because I'm really confused about how to help them without making it seem like you know, their decisions don't matter because everybody else in their life is telling them that they do, and I don't want to tell them to give up. It's just a weird place to be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, I guess we're going to talk about our personal experiences first a little bit. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. <clears throat> so, I feel like my story, my educational journey has been like very um non-traditional and um it has kind of been in stages and stuff um so and fritz also has a more non-traditional mm-hmm. um story as well so um i hope that that will give us the ability to help these other kids navigate their own hopefully untraditional education <laughs> um but for me like so I, um, I tested out of high school when I was 16 um, because I was just really depressed and really um, unhappy in my life. And I already realized that if I continued on the path, the trajectory that um, the high school had set for me, that I would be involved in, you know, a lot of um, AP courses and honors courses. And that just seemed really um, dumb to me that um, I, I didn't, I didn't want to have to go through the extra stress and pressure of taking classes that are essentially co- college courses um, that 
and, and but not just be in college. And that was my logic. If I'm going to take these courses, then I would rather just go to college and take them because where my environment right now is so unhealthy, um, I, I would probably do better if I started over, if that mm. makes sense. Um, so I wasn't necessarily like, oh, I don't want to learn or I don't want to take these courses. I was just like, I'm so unhappy here that I'm not going to be able to succeed in these courses with these people around me in this space. Um, so yeah, so I, um, uh, technically got my GED or whatever the equivalent of a GED is when you're 16. Cause I think you have to be like 18. Um, and I went to a community college for, um, about a semester because, um, I took the, the test right after I turned 16. I went to community college for, um, a semester and then the following fall, um, went to a Christian school. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so, so then I graduated there and, um, took a couple of years off. I was married at that point. Um, and then decided that I wanted to, I was ready to, and wanted to go back to school. So I again went to a community college because I wanted to try and get, um, some, educational credits under my belt because I was considering becoming um a a preschool teacher yeah so I did that and um had a really good opportunity to um volunteer and work in different environments that were similar to like a preschool or daycare situation um and um from there Pearl and I had decided that it was time for us to move. At that time, we were in California, and it was very expensive. So we decided to move, and then I transferred to a different Christian school. Not necessarily because I wanted to study that anymore, but just because that was the easiest way to transfer my credits. Mm. You know, it was just like a school. They were affiliated with one another. They were familiar with one another. So I just did that because it was... um, it was easiest for me and I realized like, Oh, well I already have all of the general education, like the like Bible Christian courses that they require from my previous degree. So I'm not going to have to take all of those. And that's like half of their course load anyway. And did you come to this place, this area Mm -hmm. because of of Sandra? So family, Sandra is your ex. Sorry. (laughs) Because of Pearl? Kind of. So it was like a lot of, it was a lot of things. So yeah, we were looking for another place to be. um, And um, Pearl wanted to find uh, an apprenticeship, um, a farming apprenticeship. I knew I wanted to go back to college. um, And we had lived in this area before. um, Oh, I see. uh, And um, that's where not not directly about maybe three hours away from us is where we lived before and and that is where Pearl's family was and still is and um also um I had a best friend that lived in this community 
Um, and so it, there was just a lot of things that seemed really simple and easy about that because it was like, this college will very easily take these credits. I can finish my degree here um, because I also changed majors. So that was the thing. I changed majors and went for a second undergrad. And so that's why I wanted them to take all of those um, as many general education credits as possible. And I went for a Bible minor. Mm-hmm. So they would take all of those. And then I just had to take basically two years um, for all of the major mm-hmm. courses. And um, Pearl got an apprenticeship here. And we moved in with um, my best friend and, and her husband. And um, that's kind of how we ended up here. I see. Okay. Yeah. And so... And then, of course, so I went to school for um, environmental science, and I was interested in becoming you know, becoming either an ecologist or going into, um, like, consulting, um, which is a big part of some of my previous jobs was um, green certifications for businesses and stuff. Um, but then I bought a dance studio. <laughs> and so now I'm doing that (laughs) and so the moral of my college education story is I don't regret any of it however I am not pursuing a degree in a a career in any of the degrees or certificates that I previously received so you know say la vie (laughs) um yeah so I um finished high school even though I still have dreams about me missing class to this day i do too i, do I don't too. understand why yeah. i've never graduated like i and then i wake up like oh, i'm late for school i'm like <laughs> fuck no i'm not <laughs> anyway that's the point but um yeah so i finished high school and then i took a gap year and i went and traveled to different farms using um woof mm-hmm. and I did that in Maine and New Mexico, um, and then I've actually not gone back, um, and it's something that, like, I do miss learning. Like, I think going to school is the best place where you have information readily available Mm -hmm, to you, mm -hmm. because you have, obviously, professors who are, like, who know so much in that, um, Mm -hmm. and so that's something that even, like, Teddy... Um, will share what she's learning. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, this sounds so nice. Mm-hmm. But I don't miss the homework, the yeah. deadlines, the... Like, I just want to learn and freely learn. Yeah. That's something that I struggled with in high school. Um, I put a lot of pressure, obviously, just... I mean, because I didn't get the greatest grades. And um, I came after, like, my older siblings who did get pretty good grades... Um, and so that was just, you know, it was hard. I was like, okay, well, I'm not an A student. Um, and so I don't, I also, I mean, most people get test anxiety, but I, I don't know if it's the real thing, I guess, but I get it where like, I know the information, but when tests come in front of me, like all the information is mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I do very, very poorly on tests mm. anyway. So I don't necessarily like regret my decision because I am enjoying my life and I enjoy that I don't have a lot of debt right now um because I couldn't necessarily afford to pay it off (laughs) um but there are some obviously moments where I'm like man I wish I would have gone because I would have technically been graduated last year Mm, um yeah so that's like I would be done and have my degree and whatever but 
I know that like I can always go back. It's not like it's like, oh, you either do it when you're 18 or you never do it at all. Like I know I can go back and that's probably something I will. I'm not necessarily interested in getting um, an actual degree. Maybe like I know some colleges will allow adults to like just come in for free, Mm -hmm. but then you don't. You don't take tests, but you don't then also get, like, the credit for that. Which, that's, I think, something I'm more interested in, even though it won't necessarily, like, provide me anything in, like, getting the degree. Mm -hmm. I just want to learn. And that would take the stress off of, like, learning. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, that's kind of, like, my... I don't have a super crazy story other than I just didn't go. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing, though, like, you did other valuable things with that time, you know, like, um, you know, taking a gap year, I think, is really important, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, Um, and, you know, it wasn't like you were just not doing anything, like, you had an idea about what you wanted to do, and then you changed your mind, Mm -hmm. right, like, it's not like, I don't know, I think that that's different than than just choosing to not do anything, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Woo. That's us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I find my family super interesting in all our paths that mm-hmm. we took. My oldest sister mm-hmm. um, went right after college, or right, right after high school went to college. Mm-hmm. She is now, she got her nursing degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she now works in a hospital and does a few other things. And then the, my Next two ones in line. They both took gap years, and then they both went to college after that gap mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of them is a social justice worker. <laughs> um, she's doing amazing things. And the other one, um, and the one that is a social justice, um, she is actually getting her master's degree. Mm, oh, my gosh. So, again, she's a rock star. The um, third child (laughs) third oldest um she got her pilot's license and she took a gap year and she got her private in that gap year and then she went to a college and got Uh, her like commercial i see um now that doesn't mean she can fly like the commercial planes that you guys are thinking of um that she has to you have to do a lot of hours to get that um Mm. and she right now is currently like she's graduated and all that Mm -hmm. um and she actually has her emt and her firefighter and she's crazy you know she's also a badass person yeah um so she can put out the fire (laughs) save the people inside and then fly them to the local hospital (laughs) that is true (laughs) um and then I have two younger siblings um, who have not graduated high school yet. Um, I have, there's a senior and a sophomore. So, and I'm so interested to see what their, like, paths look like because I feel like just each one of ours have looked so different. Yeah. And I think our family is just a good example of, mm-hmm. like, you can forge your own path and still make it. And yeah. success is not defined by society, even though it feels like it is. It feels right. like it's defined by our parents. It right. feels like it's defined by a lot of outside voices. Yeah. And what it really comes down to is, like, are you happy with where you're at? Right. And if you're not, what are steps that you can change that? So if you don't want to go to college, right. there are other ways. You can even go to trade schools. Mm-hmm. And that was where we can even get 
to talking about that because yeah. even trade schools are looked very down upon sometimes. Yeah. And yeah, there's just so many different paths you can take. And it's okay if you're alone in that path. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's like, that's kind of the thing that I'm trying to impress upon these kids right now is that like, they feel very like, like everything is very linear and everything is very permanent. Right. So like, for example, I had this or have this one student um, who last week was like just really stressed out and she started crying and, um, you know, we were talking as a class and we kind of. I mean, we do this occasionally um, when we need to. And last week, we took almost a whole class. It was about 45 minutes of the dancers. They were just talking about, um, you know, how they're feeling and what their stressors are right now. And a lot of them had to do with school. School and dads seem to be the biggest issues. (laughs) Yeah, don't worry. We can talk about that another time. Um, But, yeah, school. And... And the pressure that they're receiving from their parents to to succeed. But primarily, it seems like it's pressure that they are placing upon themselves based on what they're observing in society around them, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this one girl, she was crying because she got like a 30% on her math test. And she said that that brought her grade down and that she was going to be transferred to a different math class, like, you know, a step down or whatever. And, you know, she's freaking out, right? And she's, she's in the eighth grade. And, um, you know, it's so frustrating to even have to engage in these kinds of conversations and to tell her, like, hey, your eighth grade math class isn't going to affect your college, mm-hmm. right? Like, that shouldn't even be on the table, in mm-hmm. my opinion. I shouldn't even have to say that. And I don't like even saying that because even saying this doesn't affect this, like, it's almost it's almost arriving at the same conclusion that, like, the penultimate choice that you have to make is going to be college mm-hmm. right whereas instead I, I would rather just be like hey your um your capabilities in math don't affect who you are as a person yeah right or or your capabilities outside of math or your creativity or your intelligence like those things don't say anything about or your math grade doesn't say anything about those things but they're operating in this um environment and in this system that a equals B equals capital C college. And that's it. That's all mm-hmm. they know. And so when they get one bad grade, suddenly their entire futures are like a domino effect just completely tumbling down. And um, it's just so discouraging to have to hear them. It's like the same story every time. Like I'm, especially math. Math is a huge issue. And, you know, I, I think math tends to be really hard for people who are, really creative Mm -hmm. and so obviously you know I I attract creative people in my studio you know we're dancing we're we're artists and so these kids have a really hard time thinking through math um and also I just think our education system is broken so I don't think (laughs) we're teaching math very well um but um it's really hard to have to console them and to say hey like it's gonna get better and this doesn't affect this when in reality, it feels like totally empty words. How mm-hmm. do I teach these kids that um, you have choices in the future, but right now you don't? You know, like they have to go to school. They have to take whatever classes are placed in front of them, especially because I'm not their parent. So, I, you know, I don't want to be perceived as the person that's saying like, hey, you don't have to do well in school. You don't have to get good grades. You don't have to go to college, you know, because... Um, 
everyone is so wrapped up in this singular definition of success mm-hmm. that I will be seen as a, a negative influence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. And and then too, you know, Lil Mo is same thing, right? Um, very much like I have to go to school, I have to get a good job, I have to get a good, um, you know, I have to have a, a steady income in order to be happy. And this idea that we have connected, I mean, obviously this is connected to capitalism, right, and the patriarchy, (laughs) but we have connected the idea of of happiness, this very obscure word, with success, and success is ultimately tied to these societal standards of education, career, family, income. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. There is nothing else, Mm -hmm. right? You can't have success in any other... um, ways and that be positive it can be extra but it can't be enough Mm -hmm. right and so I just don't know how to I don't know how to raise these kids or mentor these kids or whatever in a way that helps them break free of that knowing that they actually don't have the power to do so yet Mm -hmm. I don't know I, I would I would like your opinion on that, your input on that, Fritz. <laughs> well, I mean, I really liked the way you said the fact that like it doesn't define you, right? Because that it's that's I mean it's so true. And I because even when I was talking with my younger siblings, it is hard because you know they will also like really beat themselves up right. if they don't do well in right. school. They have different ways of like. Just learning in that school environment. And most students can't learn in that school environment. Right. Well, but that's a whole other thing. The, our education system in and of itself. Sucks. it does. It's not adequate for no. really anyone. No. Nobody learns that way. Anyway. No. Yeah. Especially with... And then we can even get into, like, the whole grades. Like, that's yeah. just, like... That mm-hmm. feeds into capitalism. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is, like, the whole mm-hmm. grading aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, like, my brother, who's a senior is trying to figure out what he wants to do for his future. Right. And he is someone who may go into a trade school. Mm-hmm. Um, he's thinking about, like, a, being a car mechanic. Um, mm-hmm. Or he's thinking about going into engineering. There's a few other pathways he's thinking. And he went and he, like, kind of did a shadow at another car mechanic. And this guy was, like, just... Because my brother mentioned maybe the places he's thinking about going to as a school to, like, get this degree or whatever Mm -hmm. and he was just like railing on this school like he's Mm -hmm. like oh I don't think that's a good idea blah 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 and so my brother's just like well okay that's fine I'm just not gonna go there Uh... and I was like well wait like I understand that like it's uh, people giving you your opinion their opinions is fine like they can do that but it doesn't mean you always have to listen to them right you can then just be like okay that's your experience from that and that's okay I under like but also, you can still choose to go there anyway. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Because, like, like for Lil Mo, she would like to go to an out-of-state school. And even though, even though, you know, scholarships are, scholarships are not very accessible, but they are prevalent, right? There are a lot of scholarships, mm-hmm. and they're really hard to get, not because um, it's difficult necessarily, but because it takes so much time mm-hmm. and so much research, you know? Even though um, she has a- access to those kinds of things, she's so caught up in the fact that it will cost more to go out of state than in state that she is inclined to not even consider her first choice school, mm. you know, based on 
really just this narrative that everybody constantly says, you know, anytime she says, well, I got accepted here and this is where I want to go. Everyone is always like, well, you should go in state Mm -hmm. with no real reason why no real um, valid explanation. That's just what they say. And I can say as many times, hey, actually, it's okay for you to go out of state. I'm okay with that. That's where you want to go. That's where you see yourself. And college is hard as it is. So we we want you to go to a place that is going to be um, the most beneficial for your mental health and help you succeed the most. And if that's out of state, then that's where you should go. Like, I can say that as many times as I want. But at the end of the day, she's like, well, but I'm just hearing from so many people over and over and over this other thing and it's really hard to keep reminding myself that that's not necessarily true Mm -hmm. and I just don't know because yeah at at some point it just becomes empty words I just feel like I I can repeat myself over and over again it doesn't change anything yeah and I don't know what to do with that yeah, I don't, because even when I put them myself back in the shoes where they were at, like, because I felt that too, yeah. was like, these things matter. Right, yeah, these things <laughs> and, matter. These and, things are life and yeah. death. And on one hand, there are, there's like some, because that's where your life is at. So it is true. Like, sure. You know, you know, for me right, right now in my life, it's like, it matters that I go to work because I have bills to pay and right. like different things like that. So for them, it matters what grades they get because... They're students. Yeah, they have their students and they have parents to please and like blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Nothing that's a good thing or whatever. But I, it's just, I don't know how to convey that it won't matter other than them having to grow and experience it. Yeah. Because like I never really figured that out until now I lived through it. Like, you know what? I, I can quit my job in two years and go to a new one and I can quit that job and go Mm -hmm. to a new one and I can be so many different versions of myself until maybe I find one that I actually like and I can stick with. Or maybe my whole entire life, yeah. I will literally just be hopping from job to job. And that's I totally do that. fine. Yeah. Because you can be happy in any of those places. And, you know, as long as your definition of success, like as long as you understand what that is and that you hold yourself to the standards that you set for mm-hmm. yourself, mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter if you have a 401k. Yeah. LOL. <laughs> or maybe it does. <laughs> Two uh, people who probably won't have yeah, four one case. Yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> We're just consoling ourselves. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and I mean, even it's a, the other thing too is that like, okay, I mean, so teens, you know, they always think that everything is permanent, right? And everything is like life or death. And they're very overwhelmed with how many decisions there are to make, right? So it's it's very difficult, I think. Uh, speaking from Lil Mo's perspective, I guess, mm-hmm. like she doesn't even have the capacity to consider other options mm-hmm. because she, because once she starts to, everything kind of starts to unravel. Yeah. And then it's just too overwhelming, right? But, you know, even still, and then you couple that with the fact that, you know, I'm trying to teach her how to live in the moment. Yeah. And, and live mindfully, right? And so how do you tell somebody, I know it feels really permanent, but it's not, but also let's live in the moment, but also let's live in the future. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. I just, there's just no, I, I don't know. And I hate when people say, well, like high school is just like that, or your teenage years are just like that, or, you know, high school just sucks or whatever these, these things are, because I'm just like, these are just more narratives that mm-hmm. we're telling ourselves and we're our kids. Um, and we're not changing anything. We're just perpetuating the hurt. Yeah. Right? We're, we're perpetuating like the, the difficulties and the trauma instead of trying to find another way to do this. And obviously I can't fix the education system, but I believe that there is a different way to 
like usher our kids through it Mm -hmm. without causing more damage yeah right I just I don't know how to do it yeah (laughs) I mean and it it helps for me because I had parents who did not care Mm -hmm. I mean they're like yeah we want you to do your best Mm -hmm. but if your best then brings home an f Mm -hmm. that's not on you then that's on the Mm -hmm. system Mm -hmm. that's a good point because you did your best right and so that really helped me and I still even felt like the pressure of like Mm -hmm. I gotta choose you know but but having parents who it didn't come from them Mm -hmm. obviously was made like really helpful but then Mm -hmm. there's other students who like you know you get punished Mm -hmm. if you bring home bad grades right right yeah and I think I mean my experience and Lil Mo's too are very different because for both of us well I'll speak for myself first. Um, you know, we I'm from a family of immigrants, right? And um, I'm an Asian woman. And so, um, like, my, my mom and her mom, like, they're very wrapped up in this, like, model minority um, image that they want to perpetuate. Um, and my mom has worked a lot to kind of come out of that. But, you know, just this idea that like, okay, you keep your head down, Mm -hmm. you get the best grades possible, um, so that you can succeed in the future for yourself, for your family, like your family has sacrificed, they've been through all of these other things. So we just kind of grin and bear it. And in doing so, um, you can achieve success later, you know? Um, so I mean, my mom's not like a tiger mom. Everybody always says that. And that frustrates me because we're not even Chinese. Okay. First of all, Um, And second of all, you know, I'm a fourth generation American, so it's very different, I think, because we are very Americanized in that, um, like in her parenting style. However, like the the um, the our society still impresses upon us certain expectations as um, as Asian women. Mm -hmm. Um, So. Um, I think I had a lot of internalized pressure um, that I needed to succeed and um, I held myself to very, very high standards and I very much bought into the education system as a young person because I I sought, um, you know, like affirmation in my grades. You Mm -hmm. know, I, I, um, I do well in a classroom setting and I... Um, was able to succeed um, in tests and stuff. I don't have a lot of test anxiety. Um, You know, I'm good at memorizing things. And I think a lot of that is actually because of dance, because of choreography and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on the other hand, I had a very authoritarian father who um, ran his entire household and his children. You seen The Sound of Music? Mm -hmm. Like that. Oh, my. (laughs) Like, I mean, like, he used to, like, yeah, I don't know, like bed inspections, even, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, like our beds had to be made the right way. We had to excuse ourselves from the table in exactly the correct fashion, you know, and it was very much so the kind of environment where it's like, if you brought home a B, he would be like, that's great. Why isn't it an A, you know? And, um, and, you know, I had told my dad when I was really young, like I was like in middle school, you know, I want to go to Stanford because that's where we were located and I didn't want to I love California and that's just kind of I just picked that right because I I know that everybody had picked something and that was just like um the one that I knew the most about right yeah pretty much yeah I mean and that's how it is right you just pick the thing that you know like this this is this is the penultimate standard and so I'm I want to go to Stanford Mm -hmm. and I remember in like the eighth 
not it was I think maybe before that maybe the sixth grade um and I was not doing so great in one of my classes I don't remember what it was um of course it wasn't bad it was probably like a b I probably had a b average and I I mentioned something to my dad about you know I think I want to go to Stanford and he was like well not with those grades yeah oh my word. yeah and that's just kind of the attitude that he has always had so yeah. um so yeah so for for me um <laughs> it was, I had a lot of, I had internalized a lot of these messages, like I have to succeed and there's only one definition of success. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, and then, you know, for Lil Mo, um, you know, um, not including myself, like she, um, as far as her biological parents are concerned, like she will be a first generation college student. And so she feels a lot of pressure in that capacity. And, um, similar to, I think the model minority capacity, um, perspective like we hold um a a responsibility within ourselves to succeed for our entire community Mm -hmm. right like if I can break free from the model minority um image and um narrative and I can succeed in a different way this is how I speak to myself now right then I can show that my community is more than good students my community is more than um, good mathematicians and engineers and mm-hmm. IT people, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, Asian Americans can be creative and we can be, um, you know, fashionable and we can be all of these other things. That's how I speak to myself now. Um, I think Lil, Lil Mo is, is similar in that, you know, um, she feels like she needs to succeed as a young black woman in America for her community. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even if you even if I as a parent am trying to speak into that, first of all, I'm not black, so I can't speak directly to that. And second of all, you know, she has placed these standards upon herself that she has she is seeing within her own community that I have no um, bearing or authority over. So there's really nothing that I can do to alleviate that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just Yeah, well, and then different. what's crazy too is the fact that like, I mean, going back on the fact that you're like, you know, most people just pick the things they know. So like, right. you know, you're yeah. going to pick Stanford. <clears throat> a lot of people do that, which yeah. is totally fine. And then when they switch up their major, or even drop out or mm-hmm. like there's so much even stigma. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. By that, even yeah. though the system pumps that out. Right. And so it's like you're caught up by the system yep. and then you're stung by the system yep. because Absolutely. you want to switch it out. You want to switch it up. Mm-hmm. And then you end up feeling like the black sheep. Of, yeah. Or or you want to change it and you don't because you realize what's going to happen right. if you do. And yeah. so then now you're stuck with this degree that you right. didn't even want. Yeah. And you knew you didn't want that. Yeah. Yeah. And now, I mean... I mean, it used to be that when you applied to a college, you would apply for your major, right? You'd be mm-hmm. like, I want to be in this major program. Now, I mean, Lil Mo had to choose a major for her honors degree in high school. Yes. She had to choose a career really? path as a freshman. Yes. Oh, my. Yeah, and think about it. What? I mean, high schools don't even have the same resources as colleges, right? So if she wanted to pursue a career path that wasn't offered in her college or in her high school, she just had to pick a different one. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah if, you wanna, if you want to graduate with an honors degree, like a technical honors degree or whatever, you yeah. have to choose... Yeah, and so that's why, I mean, the college uh, near us has, you know, has um, a, um, they have, like, a fashion and textiles um, program, they have a cosmetology, they have, like, a cooking program, those are all 
those are all like college prep programs. Oh, did I? That's like the pathway that you have to be on. You have to you have to choose one. You have to. So even if yeah, even if you're like no, I don't want to. I don't like well no, I don't want to be a news anchor. I want to be um, a journalist. Well, uh, all of those things are linked together. So you have to learn how to how to be a journalist. You have to learn radio and TV. You have to learn all of these different things. Um, you're not necessarily learning like just how to write. You know, you're not learning investigative journalism. You're learning how to run a camera, mm-hmm. right? Or, um, you know, if you want to do something in the arts, the only um, option was like fashion and textiles even though, you know, you might want to be a dancer, you know? So, yeah, I mean, asking a, I mean, how old are you when you're a freshman? 14? 14. Yeah, asking a 14-year-old, hey, what do you, what do you want to be doing? And, 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 I mean, this is not how I would word it, but I think this is how society does. Like, what do you want to be doing in 30 years? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what I want to be doing in 30 years. No, absolutely not. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, I've changed my mind so many times, <laughs> and I've not regretted it ever. Yeah. I was super passionate about each of the things that I pursued when I pursued them, and I had to pursue that to decide if I wanted to do oh, it or absolutely. not. You know? And so, like, you know, telling a kid, like, hey, um, you have to pick a thing that you're passionate about right now, and if you change your mind, then oh well. Like... I just, I, I just, I feel like we're setting our, our kids up for depression, you oh, know, yeah. and, and the future and stuff, coupled with the fact that, you know, because success is defined by this singular thing, they're going to feel like absolute failures, mm-hmm. right? We're just setting our kids up for failure. Well, I don't know what to do. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, it is. I mean, um, yeah. yeah, so the piece of advice that I gave to that eighth grader um, was a piece of advice that I received from my guidance counselor because when I was in eighth grade, I was having a lot of really big health problems to the, to the point where I was not able to attend school for extended periods of time and my grades were slipping, um, which is very hard for me because I was like maybe like I think I was maybe the seventh in my class. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was up there. I wasn't valedictorian or anything, but I was up there. And um, she was like, you know what? Your middle school grades actually don't matter at all. And when she told me that, it was just like, of course they don't. Colleges aren't going to look at your fourth grade trans or your um, your middle school transcript, you know. So my my whatever my grades are right now don't actually matter at all in the future. Mm-hmm. But that's not how it's presented when you're in class. No. You know? And even when you are in class, like, I remember I remember teachers telling us, you know, if you turned this in in a college course, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I'm... Yeah, they'll never let that fly. Yeah, I'm 14 <laughs> years old. Like, <laughs> No, even in high school, they do that. And yeah. then, I mean, I there's stories that people tell, especially from siblings or, like, whatever, mm-hmm. of, like... Oh, there's were things we were told this would never let fly in high school. Yeah. And then in college, the professor's like, hey, I'm tired. We're not going to do class yeah. here. Or like, <laughs> just like these random things. Yeah. Or and I'm just like, high school is so pressurized for mm-hmm. no goddamn mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. And they make it sound like everything is college prep, but like, it's, it's not. not. <laughs> <laughs> we just teach basic life skills. Yeah. 
in yeah. high school to set us up for better yeah. adulthoods. Yeah. Like, they're still learning. Like, you're still developing. Yeah, your brain is not fully developed so, until, what, you're 20, 22? Yeah. 22? Yeah. Something like that. And so it's yeah, just like, why? <laughs> why are we not treating high schoolers like children like children yes that's exactly that that is something that i say to the kids all the time i'm like you know i know that you guys are carrying very big adult like issues right like career choices that is an adult issue um and i i always i like i want them to not feel like i'm looking down on them or anything but i'm like but you are a child and you're entitled to to be a child you're entitled to fail a class every once in a while because you're literally a kid and you're caring too much, you mm-hmm. know? And I also tell the kids, don't take AP classes. Don't do it. Don't take any of those honors, honors classes. Um, and um, none of my kids do because they already see how stressful it is just to be in their regular classes, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and they realize that, you know, if I go into an AP class, you know, this is going to be tenfold or whatever, you Yeah. Know? So, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that I, I do have a group of teens that are, like, very receptive and very responsible about their time and their, their energy, but they still feel the pressure of knowing that other people don't see things the way that mm-hmm. they do. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't do any of the... I mean, I still graduated with technical honors, mm-hmm. I believe. I have to look back, but I know I did that. Um, but I did not take, like, honor classes other than in my horror how I actually graduated was in horticulture I mm. took um I think like a two honors classes mm. and I did that because it was easy <laughs> like I knew a lot about plants like that was yeah. my interest so I was like sure I can do that yeah that makes sense but like with math with English um I did not take history any of that. history yeah no I was literally in one what they would consider I mean what my peers considered the dumb classes mm. Be- and that's what we it was told through our yeah. heads and it's just yeah. so annoying because like that's fine. I'm like, I guess, but mm-hmm. like, I'm also not stressed as much. Like, yeah. Well, and also <laughs> like, uh, like intelligence looks so different for so many different people. And like, when we standardize intelligence, we're just stifling creativity. Mm-hmm. We're stifling um, our kids' abilities to like feel confident in themselves, to really explore any of their passions, any of their actual gifts, because they're told like you're too stupid. Mm-hmm. Like you're not capable of doing anything because you can't pass this test. And that really frustrates me because then I have to, I, I am the one that is, is like holding these children as they're crying and saying like, I can't do this. I'm not smart enough. Mm-hmm. And it just breaks my heart every time that I hear these kids say like, I can't do math. I'm, I'm not smart enough because I'm just like, but like, look at all of the other things that you can do. And, and I can say that again, I can say that but they still have to pass that class. Yeah. You know? And I think that's what's so interesting is because, so I went to a smaller high school, and so most people knew what classes everyone, like, mm-hmm. took if, like, oh, you're not in the honors mm-hmm. class or whatever. And so I I didn't necessarily say out loud, which is, I was still like, I'm not smart enough or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely internalized that. Sure. And so I think it was very eye-opening especially when I like was first hanging out with you because mm. you would you know you would say like oh like you know you're so smart I'm like mm. what are you fucking mm. talking about no, you like I I was like in high school that's mm-hmm. when that first I mean probably started earlier but like sure. especially in high school yeah. where like because I didn't take those honor classes mm-hmm. and it was told by other students who mm-hmm. kept perpetuating the same cycle of mm-hmm. like if you're not in these classes then, then you're, you're not, not smart yeah and you're not going to like 
be ahead in college and be yeah. ahead in this. Yeah, and I'm just yeah. like, well, yeah, I'm not going to be. And I guess that's okay. But yeah. like, I still internalize that as right. like, well, I'm just not smart. smart. Yeah. That's crazy to me. I mean, I mean, it's not crazy to me because it totally makes sense. I mean, I did the same thing. Yeah. You know? Um, and, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like now, you know, especially as I'm trying to kind of like usher these kids through, um, the other thing is that, you know, these kids think that intelligence is like stagnant, right? Mm -hmm. But like you're born with a certain set of intelligence. Yeah. Yes. Isn't that crazy? That is so true. It's like you are born smart or you were born dumb, but that is like actually not how, how intelligence, that's not how our brains work at all. That's not how learning works, but our kids don't know that. They don't know that like, okay, maybe this form of, of learning is not conducive for your, um, like your learning style and that actually has no bearing on whether or not you're intelligent and also just because you can't do this right now doesn't mean that you will never be able to do this and also just because you can't comprehend something in the middle of like your teenage years when you're in the middle of like trauma doesn't mean that if you were in an environment where all trauma was removed you would be intelligent enough to to do this Mm -hmm. but like none of those things are, are things that we talk about with our kids it's just like did you get, did you pass the class or not? Yeah. Did you get the A or not? Yeah. And even having that mindset, cause like that is like, what a jab to the disability community. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. Because then like, if you aren't, if you were born with the smart yeah. or not smart, like, yeah. right. I mean, automatically when you have that disability, mm-hmm. you, society views you as unintelligent. Right. And exactly. so like. Incapable. Poof. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. God and damn. To, yeah. To just like, even just to like offer our kids the option to like okay like for example when when I'm teaching choreography or whatever um you know we talk a lot about learning style because I'm like first of all if my students know how they learn they're going to succeed more in school which is going to alleviate stress from them which is going to make them more creative in my studio right yeah um so you know I try to do things like hey you can write down your choreography you can take a voice memo of you saying your choreography. You t- can take a video of your choreography. Like, you have to have all of these other options. You could say it with your words. You could um, write down the counts. You could print out the lyrics and write it down next to it. Like, there are so many ways to learn a single thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in our schools, it's like, you know, Common Core or whatever. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> okay. This is the only way to learn it. And any other way to learn, if it's not this, is less than. Mm -hmm. Even if you are capable of learning this in a different way, this is the way that we're teaching it. That's the way we we require you to learn it. And if you can't, oh, well. Mm -hmm. That's insane to me. We are literally robbing our children of the ability to, like, be educated. Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy. My piano teacher (laughs) did that. Mm. It was so hard because, like... My siblings could sight read a lot better than I could. I I can't. I looking at notes. Mm-mm. I have. It takes me like at I'm, least twenty I'm minutes like, to I finish count a it. page. <laughs> I'm like one, two, three. This is the fourth bar. Okay. <laughs> yes, and then I have to think of the acronym. Yeah. Is there, whatever. <laughs> so like, I had such a hard time, and I was very slow at going through books then because mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. But if she would have played music or mm-hmm. shown me, mm-hmm. and then like let me hear it, I could have learned that song a lot faster, right. and then learn the notes right but she viewed that as like cheating or like that's not and so like I would be so behind all the time and that was another area where I was just like oh I'm just not I can't do this stupid I'm I'm dumb I'm not you know my I'm not musical my sisters they can like look at this and obviously they struggled with it too like obviously it's not just like super easy but like they would 
like catch on to it mm-hmm. and be able to look at the notes and play the music a yeah, lot I, faster I, I than could I never. could. I could never. And like kudos to them. Yeah. But like I that's just something I couldn't do. And right. I just look back at that experience and I'm like, I maybe would still be playing piano. Mm. Like even interested in playing piano if I was taught a different way right. Right. where I could learn my own like right. learn how I learn. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that makes me wonder how many things like that in my life that I could have been really proficient at, but just was never given the opportunity to try. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> we blowing minds here tonight. <laughs> yeah, oh gosh. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, the education system is broken. It's broken. Also, privatized college is shit. <laughs> also, also debt is it's fucking ridiculous. Uh, it's so stupid. And it's also stupid for people who have paid off their debt and then they say, "Well, you have to too." Like, get yes. your head out of your ass. Yeah, Let's just because you suffered doesn't mean that we that's like the same thing like, "Well, everybody goes through high school and high school sucks for yeah. everyone." No, it sucked for you. We could fix that. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that yeah. way. You know? Yeah. Also, the other thing, too, is like, you know, making these these 17, 18 year olds agree to for the rest of their lives be indebted to banks and the government. Like, what the what the fuck is that? Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, you're basically signing a life sentence, you Mm -hmm. know, for a lot of these, um, you know, like really technical degrees or or colleges or yeah. whatever that's insane i yeah. mean i have so many friends so many friends that regret um the manner in which they borrowed you know like just not knowing that there were more options mm-hmm. right um you can borrow from you know different places and have different interest rates different different things like that they just yeah. didn't know they yeah didn't know. that's something that's like i mean maybe it was taught in high school mm-hmm. but not something that i remember I being taught that. well i mean i left high school early but i don't think i haven't heard of anybody say that they were taught something like that i mean i know guidance counselors are supposed to help you through that but i don't think that they i mean i think they just help you kind of with the basic stuff right yeah yeah i mean there should be a class on like taxes and yeah how to do all that yeah. and well, like and i mean the other thing too with with um with that like with with grants scholarships all of that like like you know and i'm seeing this um, I, I mean, my mom went to college and so I was, I was very lucky that she, she put herself through college. Her parents did not pay for it. Um, and she helped a lot in helping me understand how, how do we even get into college? Like how mm-hmm. do you apply and all these mm-hmm. different things. Right. And so, and now I'm helping Lil Mo, but you know, for Lil Mo, if, if she didn't have me and my mom, her grandma, um, being a first generation college student, like she does not have access to even learning how to do those things. Mm-hmm. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, you can Google it, but that doesn't mean that you're going to be given the actual resources, um, like to know how do I apply for scholarships? Which kinds of scholarships should I be applying for? Which kinds of grants should I be applying for? And, you know, all of these different things, just the fact that, that, our, our college system is set up so that, um, you know, legacies are prioritized, 
right? They, yeah. they, they're prioritized in acceptance and they're prioritized as in that, um, they have higher access because their parents have been through it, you know, and usually these parents, if they went to, if they're a part of Greek life or whatever, then they have access to other people who are in other professions or a lot of them probably work at schools, like all of these things. It's just this whole thing that it just feels like everything is stacked against those who are first generation, those who are um, undocumented, those who, you know, are poor, are poor. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All of those. If you're wealthy. If you're wealthy, white, and you've been in America for, you know, a hundred years. You're going to be okay. You're going to be just fine. Like, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the moral, if like, especially if you're a young teenager listening to this. Yeah. We have those listeners. I don't know if we have any of those. I mean, I know one of my brothers listens. Oh, perfect. This is for you. This is for you. Um, But if in the future, if you are listening to this, when we get more viewers, (laughs) um, I think the biggest thing to take away from this is to try, like, put on, put on your pretend, um, um, what's those um, headphones that block out the sound? Noise canceling headphones. headphones. And what helped me was to write out lists Mm. and to write out positives and negatives to each one Mm -hmm. and figure out which negatives I could deal with. Mm. and what the positive was like yes this is something i want and even right. when another person would say well if you go on a gap year most people don't come back or whatever and that, i mean for me that was true i didn't go back um but for my other older sisters they did um and so like to do what you want to do even if it's going to be fucking hard especially if your parents don't support mm-hmm. you in that way um but to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to be courageous. Mm-hmm. Um, to do it scared and to do it your way. Mm-hmm. And if you fail, in your mind, if you fail, even when you did something you wanted to do, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, or if you change your mind, that's yeah, okay. That's yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I think, I mean, what I want... I would love if um, the teens in my life accidentally stumbled upon this podcast and had no idea that it was me. And so I'm going to pretend that I'm talking to them. Um, The things that I typically say are, first of all, nothing is permanent. Mm -mm. Nothing is permanent. Anything could change at any time. And that's, that doesn't have to be a scary thing. That can be a comforting thing because that means that the bad things can change too, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just, oh, these good things are going to be taken away, right? The bad things can change too and your decisions can be changed as well. Yeah. And also nothing is ever broken forever. Like if you fail that test or you fail that class, like nothing is permanently broken about that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always somewhere to go. Right. And even if it's not what you intended for yourself or it's not what your parents or your counselor or your peers um, view as success, that's okay. Like there is still a way forward. Yeah. Even if it's major in your mind of like failing your whole degree and you still want to retake it. Right. Do it. Right. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or like from my perspective, you know, I've thought a lot about like, what if my business fails? Mm -hmm. Right. What if, what if I just suddenly realize I'm not making enough money? I can't make this vision work and I have to close up shop. Well, in the meantime, I realize that I have already accomplished everything that I really want to accomplish within the, the time that I could. 
right? If I have more time, I can do more things. But I don't regret any of the things that I've already done. And if tomorrow I have to close up shop, I will know that the last five years have been valuable and worth mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I want um, to, to say, too, is that, like, you know, like what Fritz was saying, like, you should do the thing that you want to do. Um, and I just want to quickly speak from, from the perspective of, you know, a child of immigrants or, um, a first generation, um, college student or a person of color, those different kinds of things. Like we need to give ourselves some grace, um, because I really do understand the feeling like our entire community, um, looks up to and relies on us and that we have to operate all together for our mutual success. However, um, and I've been there before, but... Um, it is not a sustainable um, viewpoint to have, to feel that you have to succeed for everyone around you at the expense of your own energy, your mental health, your capacity, your future, your happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, none of us would ultimately demand that of another one, right? I, would, I, as a person of color, would not demand that all other Asian Americans succeed on my behalf. So why do we hold ourselves to that standard? I don't know. But I I would encourage you to try and remind yourself that you actually are responsible for no one but yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, and unfortunately, you know, that's kind of um, kind of looked down upon, I think, in our communities because we need to like, you know, we keep us safe. Right. We look out for one another. And that's still important. Of course. Of course, it is still important. Community is still important. But you can only make decisions about your own self. And how those decisions affect other people. Ultimately, if you are making um, decisions in happiness, if you are making your decisions believing that you're capable, if you're making your decisions like um, with faith that like this is the right step for me, then then how could anyone in our community really be like, well, you have failed, right? If you're living, if you're authentically making the choice for yourself, for your own happiness, that is a success, mm-hmm. period. Right. Even if even if bad things happen in the future, the choice itself is is a success, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, become artists and electricians and plumbers or or go to an Ivy League school, go to Howard, do the thing that you want to do, but not because anybody else is telling you that you need to do that. And Mm -hmm. that is easier said than done. But I promise maybe in 10 years you'll realize it's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, that was a good podcast. Yeah, shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. Well. Wow. So, um, is it tea time? Because I got Yes, yeah, yeah, Ah, it's tea time. It's tea time. After that, how do we transition? Tea time! (laughs) Um, Okay, so, do you have any tea? I don't think so. No. Not in my life, I don't think. No, not any like extended tea, like person of a person of a person. That's good tea too. Oh. Um, I mean, my, I guess my tea. I'll. It's my. It's more my family, <laughs> <laughs> my extended family. Mm. Um, I mean, unless you want to go first. No, with yours. go. Okay. Um, so my extended family are like transphobic, racist, Ugh. like you know. Ugh. The whole white deal. The, <laughs> the whole, whole white, white deal. Package is what they are. Um, 
And my grandma has been living with us, well, with my parents, um, in a separate little house, but connected, for about, I was 12, now I'm, so 10 years. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Oof, that's a long time. Um, Which is very, like, this is a little side tangent, but looking back is how much different our, my siblings and I childhoods are, just mm-hmm. because, like, Obviously, when grandma came to live with us, mm-hmm. my older sisters were a lot older than I was. And then my younger siblings were also a lot younger. Mm-hmm. So it's just like uh, we get different versions of even how our parents parented due to like different circumstances. Sure. And also just, you know, grandma coming to live with us. Um, but she is officially not coming back. Um She's not dead. <laughs> no, she's not dead. Um, but she's not coming back to live with us or live with my parents anymore. And that makes me so, so happy. Um, she is a woman who I think if actually, I mean, most people are like this, but if she worked on herself and she didn't have a conservative Christian mindset, mm could have been a very fancy and fun grandma Mm. um I was able to experience that side of her for probably about two or three months after her first stroke um Mm. she kind of like lost some of the walls that she had up um and she was a very fun and funny grandma um and then she had a second stroke and the those kind of like kind of reset her back into her original (laughs) um but in doing all that my aunts and uncles never really helped out and it was really on my mother Mm. to make sure the well-being of my grandma was great um and so um my mama is obviously tired Mm -hmm. she's exhausted Mm -hmm. um I think my whole family is exhausted but now she is going to be living with um, my other aunts and uncles, and I just, I mean, gotta say karma's a bitch, <laughs> because they have no idea what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they all have more ideals that are like my grandma and their um, their families, um, but because of our views and the fact that I'm gay and my other siblings are gay and... <sighs> Um, my grandma didn't love us. Yeah. <laughs> my cousins don't love us. Um, so yeah, it's just, that's the tea, I guess. Um, but also I'm happy yeah, now but, that she's gone. Yeah, that's, so. so it's like a, it's, um, it's good. It's tea. really good tea, right? Yeah. It's it's a point of celebration for your, your family because you guys are going to be entering like this new chapter Yeah, where you're not defined by the care of yeah. her. You get yeah. to just to be your own selves yeah. and you get to be your own family uni- unit without um, the responsibility, I guess. Yeah. Right? And I know, I know my mama listens to this and I know it's hard for you, but I also know you're doing a wonderful job and I love you. Aw, and we're so excited for you to be able to get back in touch with um, the person that you were before your life was defined as a caretaker. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Hallelujah. Congratulations. <laughs> okay, what's your tea? <laughs> My tea is, is not super exciting or anything, but um, I've just been thinking a lot about like um, life as an artist, right? Because that's that's the other thing is that I have decided that I would like to leave my my um, my desk job <laughs> uh, and pursue 
more artistic ventures. Um, and I have decided that, I guess it's kind of like a new year's resolution. It's not really, um, it just happened, (laughs) but, but you know, I, I really feel like this, this upcoming year is my chance to just kind of just do it. Um, because I've, I feel like I've gained a lot of confidence around my capabilities and I live in an area that is, uh, has a lot of affluential, um, white people. <laughs> and luckily I have a handful of friends that are like my ins to those communities. Yeah. So I'm hoping that I can get my art out there. Um, and anyway, um, so this is new uh, for, for Fritz. Remember I told you about that one commission that yeah. I might be getting? Okay. Well, I gave her my pricing, you know? Yeah. And she's like, well, that's kind of, she's like, I think that's totally a fair price. It's just kind of more than I wanted to spend. Okay. She wanted me to paint a mural, like a hundred square feet plus mural as a backdrop for her Christmas card. Yeah. Okay. And so I gave her the price, you know, it's going to be a couple thousand dollars and, and she wanted it before Christmas, right? She wanted it in like a week and a half. And I gave her the pricing and she was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's more than I want to spend for a Christmas card. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, obviously if it was me, I would never, I would never commission an artist to to paint a mural for my Christmas card. But you know, she asked and that's my price. And I said, you know, I totally understand. I would like to make this work. What would, what is your price range that you're comfortable with? And she goes, well, I mean, one option would be like, I could just pay for your supplies and then I can try and sell it because she wanted it to be like portable, like a backdrop, right? Like on canvas. I can sell it and then pay you. What? And I. <laughs> what? And I'm like, so you want me to literally not take any money up front. You're just going to pay for my supplies. And then I potentially may never get paid if you never sell this. Oh, <laughs> my and 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 here's the thing i was just like you know i thought that we i thought that we as a society were moving past this i thought that we all collectively decided that we should pay artists what they are worth instead of in exposure but i guess no it's still very alive and prevalent and that so now it's not happening so i don't know i so i i was like i i gave her some other options you know like hey you could pay me 50 percent, and then you could still try and sell it and then you could pay me the rest either when it sells or in this amount of time or whatever i I gave her several options and she hasn't replied yet so oh my gosh i know come on i know and and it's just so frustrating because it's like i think our community wishes that it was more artistic (laughs) Yeah, you know it's true, right? Like, yeah. like they all they all want murals downtown. Not even just this community, but like your town too. I, I went into that cop shop. Did I tell you about that? Mm-hmm. I went into that cop shop and I was like, "Hey, you guys want a mural?" And the lady was like excited. She's like, "Oh my gosh, that would be great. We have a basement space, and we really need we need some color down there." Blah blah blah. And I was like, "Great!" And I gave her my contact information. Oh, and she was like, "And I'm on the board of people who, um, uh, of the downtown area, the managers of the downtown area, and we've talked about hiring mural artists as well." And I was like, that's great, you know, I'd love to, you know, touch base later, later, blah, blah, blah. So I know that lots of, like, towns want this. I know that lots of coffee shops, you know, they all want murals. Murals are, like, so cool right now. But then it's like, okay, well, this is my price. I'm like, how much do you expect to pay for a huge-ass mural? Yeah. I mean, we're talking... It's a painting, just life-size. Yeah. So, like... Yeah, 100, 200 square feet. You think you're going to pay me 50 bucks or whatever? Like, I don't think so. I mean, you think you're going to pay a couple hundred dollars? No. 
no, this is going to take weeks. I need scaffolding, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's my tea and my struggle. I'm very hopeful and I really believe that I can make this happen. I just need to find the handful of people who realize how expensive yeah. a mural actually costs. And are willing to pay it. And are willing to pay it. And yeah. she, she might have been willing to pay that if it wasn't specifically for her family Christmas card. But also, who hires a mural artist for a Christmas card? I, just, I don't anyway. know. <laughs> I guess white people. I guess. I don't know. Rich people. <laughs> anyway, that's my tea. Um, then hopefully it'll hopefully it'll work out. <laughs> Yeah, I hope so too. I mean, if you are someone who listens to this who know us and you know people who want murals done, yeah, or, reach out to the podcast. Yeah, or hey, if you don't know us and you want a mural done and you live somewhere in the Midwest, reach out to them. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Just reach out to the podcast if you want some art. We will do a face reveal for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, I mean you're not just doing murals no though, too no you're gonna try to try to do other yeah the thing the, the th- but murals is something that you murals is something on. that i want to focus on because i really enjoy it yeah. and i i like having a very public platform yeah you know but yeah but i also do other i do everything i feel like yeah, i do painting do. and jewelry and and you're really good at everything thank too thank you oh my gosh thank you yeah, another venture that, that um, I'm trying to get started with, another one of our mutual friends, is um, doing maker spaces um, because I have the studio space. And so um, we're hoping that we can set up just like um, a bunch of workshops with um, different artists who can um, teach, you know, a project or they can teach their art form. Um, and um, maybe that way we can just kind of make... Uh, a more artistic community mm-hmm. or people who understand the effort. Um, <laughs> and also, yeah, just people who, who can, um, you know, appreciate it and participate yeah. too. Yeah. And so I'm excited about that. But yeah, 2022, ooh, three. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> We're in that year. <laughs> anyway. Hey, at least you didn't say 2020 or something. Oh my God. Anything else? Uh, I don't think so. I'm just trying to think if there was anything oh, that came. Oh, I have one thing. Um, if you've been following along, then you know that Lil Mo um, oh. has been collecting supplies for um, hygiene kits. And um, I did the extra effort of posting it in a bunch of Facebook groups where a bunch of woke white women who are also rich. Uh, R-W-W-W? Rich, woke, white women? um are a part of and all of our things have been purchased and a huge thank you to um all of you guys too because I know a lot of you guys participated mm-hmm. as well and I mean um Lomo has just been so happy to see that people care with her mm-hmm. because I think a lot of times she's very empathetic and a lot of times she feels like she's the only one that thinks about um other people, the only one that, that thinks about um, the issues and the, the problems of the unhoused community and other um, oppressed communities of color specifically. And so it's been very encouraging for her um, to see that you all have wanted to partner with her. And um, she's very thankful that you guys did that. We sold everything. We're just waiting for some things to come in the mail. And then we're going to be packing up and moving to Chicago forever. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, thank you guys. Um, and we do still have a couple of things left that we added. We added some um, dog food and different things like that because we figured, why not? Just see if anybody wants to purchase those things. So yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah, that's, that was amazing. That's all of the, the tea slash hot goss slash news I have. You? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, mm-hmm. I think that's it. That's it. I go to college or not. Neither of those things mean anything about who you actually are as a person. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I really have anything on Sandra either right now. I don't think I have anything on Pearl either. I just yeah I don't think oh I have some gossip on Pearl actually. oh you do yeah okay so um one of my friends um is his manager at one of his jobs and um she passed on the gossip that he just didn't show up for like two weekends in a row uh yeah and then he claimed that he had requested that time off but nobody remembers that and so he's been removed from the schedule for the foreseeable future. <laughs> So he's doing great, you guys. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't try to keep tabs on him, but, you know, I have a lot of friends. And I do love the tea. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. This was... Thank you for sharing this idea to do this idea. Thank you. That was a really good idea. Thank you. I really appreciated being able to have a platform to talk about it with you. And I appreciate how um, you always have um, your own personal experience and insight that can help me evaluate how I make decisions and how I interact with um, the people in my life. And thank you guys for listening. For listening. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know when you were going to say that for. (laughs) 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 All right. This is Charlie. And I'm Fritz. And this was episode five of Read My Labia. And we'll see see you you next next time. time. Bye. Bye.